Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today as we continue our walk through the strange paradiso. Today I want to share two things with you. The first one is, now this is a story from someone who um, actually has the photographic evidence of what took place. So this happened a few years ago in another state. I believe it was South Carolina. And uh, her and her husband bought a house. Now, I almost said new house because even though it was a new house to them, it was a house that had been built like in the early 1900s. Beautiful house with carved entryways and all this stuff, the way that they used to make houses a long time ago. So she was taking pictures of the inside of the house to send to friends and family, show them the house before they put their furniture in. And she said that after she would take the pictures, there were these dark, like shadows, very dark. You could still see through the shadows, but it was very, very dark. And on each one of the pictures, the shadow was coming closer, like to her dog, wherever she was taking these pictures, because, you know, you have dogs, they follow you. She said the dog was in the majority of the pictures, and on each one, this shadow was getting closer to her dog. Now, she didn't know this until afterwards upon reviewing the pictures because what happened was during this time when she was walking through the house and taking these pictures, at some point, her dog took off, yelping, ran out of the house. They had a couple of the doors open because they were in the process of bringing things in. They also lived, she says, not on a great deal of land, but they weren't in a neighborhood like some of us are used to here in Southern California in a track neighborhood. They were nothing like that. While they were neighbors, their neighbors were not like right on top of them, but maybe like quarter mile away would be your closest neighbors. The houses were scattered more than they are in many other places. So their yard in the back was very big. There was a creek back there. There were trees almost like the woods, like a wooded area. There were no fences to separate the properties. Of course, there were markers, but there were no actual fences. So when her dog took off running, ran out one of those doors, she could hear it like if somebody had injured it. And she took off running after her dog and she didn't find him. So she went back in. She told her husband what happened. He took off running, she said. And her husband said, okay, well, he'll be back. Don't worry too much. He'll come back. Now, once again, when she went back in and she started looking at the pictures that she took because 
she couldn't really recall how many she had taken of a particular area because of what had happened with the dog. So she kind of like lost it for a minute going to find out what was wrong with it. So when she was looking at these pictures and saw this shadow and she said the thing about it was it was not like a human form. It was more like a not a round circle, but like a blob type of shape. And it wasn't like on the floor. It was kind of up, she said, maybe about two feet off of the ground. In some of the areas, it would be higher. Some of the areas, it would be lower. But each time, she noticed it was getting closer to her dog. So she figured that when that dog ran out, it's because of this thing. Now, whatever it was that had chased the dog out, had um, maybe a certain pitch that no one else could hear that hurt this dog, no one knows. Now, this story doesn't have a happy ending because they did find their dog the next day and it was um, dead and out by the creek. So it's, uh, I don't want to say it's one of those things, but what I will say is that I, I understand that people just can't buy a place, sink all of their savings into it, and then move because of something like this. But apparently certain things actually accelerated from the time that they moved in until the time that they actually moved out of that house because it got to the point where they couldn't take it anymore. Um, people were being attacked in many different ways. They were being um, not like physically attacked, but attacked because they were being scared. They were being frightened by something. Strange noises in the house sounded like doors slamming, sound like people running, and there was no one there. There was no visual activity when they would hear these things. So it got to the point where if her husband wasn't going to be home until a couple of days because he had to work far because they where they moved to this new house, his work was kind of far. So sometimes he would just stay for a night or two. And she said, I could not take it. I could not be there alone because I would feel this presence. So she would go uh, to get a hotel. So they couldn't take it anymore. They said, we can't live like this. So they put the house for sale and moved before the house even sold. And then what they did was because they told the realtor, they told the realtor that there were things happening in that house that could not be explained. And they wanted potential buyers to know this. She said, I could not in good conscience sell that place and not tell the buyers why we were selling it, what was happening in that house. But um, people bought it anyways, and they remained in contact, and nothing happened. The new buyers of that house did not have any 
any type of activity at all. They experienced nothing. So, I mean, how, how do we explain this? I don't know what the, their past was, okay? I don't know if they had ever done anything in the past, if they had ever um, participated in anything to bring this and cause this to happen to them. And I would think that if they had, things would have been happening wherever they lived before. So I don't know. But many of these things just cannot be explained in the first place. It's just something that um, I felt was pretty interesting. And uh, I did. I did see those pictures. It's like, man, this is wild. I have never seen anything like that before. Okay, now this next one is, all right, I'm going to start off with... um, a a story, okay? Now, this experience reminded me of a movie that came out a long time ago. I don't recall exactly, maybe um, in the in the 90s sometime, this uh, particular movie came out. And I do know that it came out originally in, I think, the late 1970s. And it's called Trilogy of Terror, okay? So what this is, it's three separate stories about, um, I guess, paranormal, okay? About three separate paranormal type of uh, encounters. Now, I don't believe that these were true stories. I believe that this was just fiction. I did see the later one, I, I believe it's from the 1990s. I, I don't believe it's from the 2000s. But anyways, you can look for it and check it out for yourself. I don't want to go too far in to this because if you haven't seen it and um, you want to take a look at it, because it's actually, you know, it's kind of like something that gets you thinking. But um, in one of the stories, all I'm going to say is there's a story about a, a Dow, okay, like a little figure. So this experience that someone is relaying reminded me about one of those fiction stories on Trilogy of Terror. So what happens is this woman has a good friend who went on vacation to another country in Southeast Asia. So when her friend comes back, she brings her a souvenir. This souvenir was a dragon. She said it, it was this little figurine of a dragon. It was probably about four inches long. And the dragon had this little sword in its mouth. She said she's not sure what this thing was made of. Maybe some kind of composite. She said it wasn't glass, but it was kind of like something that would shatter if I dropped it, but it seemed to be made of a composite of some kind. So that little sword would come out of its mouth. She said, you take it out of its mouth. And um, if you're going to dust this item or whatever, she's like, I don't know why the sword coming out. But anyways, then she could put it back in and she had it in her cabinet. 
She said, I have this Kiro cabinet, so I put it in my cabinet, and uh, okay, there it was. So one day, she takes it out of the cabinet because she's going to clean the cabinet. She picks up the dragon. Now, prior to this, okay, she had not taken the sword out of the dragon's mouth. She knew it was removable because of you could move it around back and forth. It was like across the dragon's mouth. And its teeth were barred, okay, because, or bared, because it was hanging on to that sword. So there was, there was some type of writing whatever on the box that this thing came in, but she didn't know what it said because it was in another language. That's not even a, an alphabetical language. It was in a, you know, the characters, okay, because of the country it came from. So anyhow... When she's picking this up and before she puts it down on the counter, the sword falls out of this thing's mouth. No big deal. Okay? So she goes to get the sword and she can't find it. She's like, how could that be? The thing just came out. She said it was uh, so light of an item. She didn't even really hear it hit the floor. But she looks around. She can't see it. She said, I don't know how I could see it because also the sword was red. So she's looking for this little thing. It's probably about two inches long, bright red. She can't find it. She gets the broom. She starts sweeping. She starts sweeping underneath everything that maybe this thing fell. And for some reason, she can't see it. But she couldn't find it. She's for the life of me. I could not find that thing. So all right, I'll search for it later. I'm just going to go in and continue cleaning the cabinet. So when she comes back in, now she's finished cleaning and she's going to get that dragon. Well, you guessed it, guys. Now the flipping dragon is gone. So she stands up straight. She thinks to herself, OMG, did this thing take off by itself? And then she, she thinks, oh, that's just nuts. Now I just probably put it down somewhere um, that I don't recall. She said, maybe I'm losing it. Who knows? She goes around the house. She goes back into the cabinet. Maybe I already put it back in the cabinet. No. No, no. The dragon's gone. The sword is gone. She can't find it. All she has is the box to prove to herself that she really did have this thing to begin with. So, I mean, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do. She can't find it. She started thinking, is somebody playing a joke on me? Okay, that's it. Maybe somebody's just playing a joke on me. Even though she was alone. She was alone in her house. Nobody there. No cat. No dog. Just her. She says, my house was small. It wasn't a big place at all. It's not like I dropped this and it bounced and went into another room. So she doesn't know how to describe what happened. So she calls her friend. She tells her friend, strangest thing just happened to me right now. Uh, and then she goes on to tell her friend what happened. First the sword, now the dragon. She said, you really did give me this item, didn't you? And her friend says, yes. 
And her friend also says, I'm going to come over because it's just folklore or myth, whatever you want to call it. But it is said that if the sword comes out of the dragon's mouth, that the dragon will go looking for its sword. And whoever caused or took the sword out is kind of like the enemy, okay? And so the woman in the house is like, oh, great, great, great. So she doesn't believe in this kind of stuff in the first place. But she's thinking, I mean, she's a little irritated, like, why didn't my friend tell me this from the beginning? So when a friend comes over, she says, why didn't you tell me about the superstition that was attached to this item? And her friend said, I did tell you. I told you don't, um, according to myth, don't let the sword come out of the dragon's mouth. She said, I wouldn't have given it to you if, it, without you knowing. And then she apologized to her friend. You know what? I'm sorry. I think I'm just stressed because I feel like I'm losing it. She's like, I really don't believe in the superstition part of this, but I just feel like I said it somewhere and I don't recall where I said it. And her friend said, okay, well, we're going to look around for it. Well, they looked and looked. They couldn't find it. There was nothing. So it's like, well, what are you going to do? I guess the thing is no longer in the house. If it can move on its own, it left. Who knows? Maybe it's on its way back to its home country. Okay? So everything, all right, well, you can't find it. And everything uh, continues going. And at the end of the evening, and the, um, the woman, I'm going to call her Sheila, okay? So the woman who lost the dragon, Sheila, gets ready to go to bed and she, you know, takes her shower. She goes to bed and she says, in the middle of the night, she felt, she said, I thought it was a lizard. I felt something run across my legs. And it woke her up, but not all the way up. Like she wasn't wide awake. She just kind of moved around. She said, but I, I felt like something ran across. It didn't stay. It just ran across. So in the morning when she got up, she had these little scratch marks on her ankles. She said they were tiny little scratch marks on my ankles. And they did draw blood. Not a lot. But they're in a couple of areas they were deep enough to draw a little bit of blood, she said, because they were already scabbed. And so she pulled everything off of her bed. She pulled the bed covers off, all the sheets, all the way down to the mattress. And that dragon, when she was yanking the covers off, that dragon went flying up in the air from the bedding, hit the floor, broke in half. And when it did break in half, that sword was still in the dragon's mouth. It 
hadn't come out of its mouth, even though she said it came out very easily. It wasn't glued in at all. And she stood there looking at it. And so she got the bedding and put it around that sword to make sure that it was all the way in that dragon's mouth. Now the dragon was busted in half, okay? Then she just wrapped it up in all the bedding and took it out and threw it in the trash. Now the place where she lived had these uh, big trash cans. And she went out and threw it like in the big dumpster. Bedding and all. And she says, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. I don't know if it was this dragon who actually had some kind of life within it or attachment that did this to me. She said, but how did it get in my bed? How did it go missing and end up in her bed? How was it that there was this myth attached to this item that seemed to be true? Was it coincidence? Okay, that's her question. Not mine, because once again, you guys know that I don't believe in coincidence. I believe that coincidence is a made-up word. Just to explain something away so that people will be quiet. Just to poo-poo them, okay? But anyhow, what does that look like to you? I have um, heard stories about dragons in the past. And um, this was many years ago. And I actually wanted a tattoo of a dragon. Like from my shoulder blade, you know, to like part of my arm. I used to want a dragon. And I was talking to someone one day about that. And then they told me, no, no, don't put a dragon on your body. And I just figured... It was because someone who just didn't like the idea of the whole big tattoo in the first place until they explained certain things to me about dragons. Just like butterflies, that was another one. Someone in a different person had told me, don't put a butterfly on your body. So are these just superstitions that certain people have, maybe certain cultures, or is there really something to it? When I look at this particular experience, seems to me that there may be, there is something to it. The whole dragon thing. It's uh, your decision, how you feel about this, okay? I know quite a few people who have dragons tattooed on their bodies and uh, I've never heard anyone say anything so perhaps the meaning goes deeper maybe it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, it's 
going to, like this particular dragon's going to start moving around and come to life. But perhaps the meaning is deeper than all of that. We do know that um, in certain areas, the devil is also called the dragon. Um, that's all that I've got for today, guys. I'm going to try to be back tomorrow and share some theory with you. This is something um, that I was hearing about that is uh, pretty interesting. So if I come on tomorrow, I'm going to share that with you. Really interesting stuff, okay? So uh, I want to thank all of you once again for joining me. And yeah, that noise that you hear, this creakety, creakety noise, this stuff, this is my chair because I have to be in the room with the little, um, my little space heater. So I have this little metal creakety chair and that's what that sound is. I just, I just realized how loud it seems, okay, when I'm doing this. So that's what you're hearing. Anyways, um, once again... Thank you for taking this walk with me. And um, I don't know if how this is going to happen, okay? I'm going to try to publish this now and put this out there. And um, good luck to me, okay? Because as far as I know, I'm supposed to be using a different app now. So uh, let's just see what happens. And we'll be taking our walk tomorrow. You can always contact me at maybe underscore Maria at Outlook.com. If I seem to disappear, if you can't find me, you can contact me and I can tell you where I am. Have a great day, everyone. Ciao.